Welcome to the Checkered to Green podcast with your hosts, David Maudie and Elliot Tardiff. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever and wherever you're listening to this. This is From Checkered to Green, the podcast all about racing, as told by three lifelong racing fans and from time to time talking about the business aspects of racing, the green it takes to take the green. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 15. I am Elliot Tardiff, alongside my colleagues, Ryan Kolpak and David Motti. Gentlemen, good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So um, I noticed that uh, my hometown track, Stafford Motor Speedway, went from uh, having a race last weekend to having six inches of snow this weekend. So I'm sorry. Wow. Yep. So uh, kind of facing a Martinsville 2018 situation up there. Um, It's uh, not unusual for that to happen, but um, uh, or to see snow that this late in the year, but uh, to see the the amount of it um, that fell is uh, uh, rather, uh, rather notable. So uh, hopefully it gets melted pretty quick and, and uh, they get back to action. Uh, they had the uh, SRX cars up there. Um, I think this past week doing some testing. Ken Schrader was up there. So could they blame Schrader? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I did I mean, see um, Keselowski giving a lot of credence to the Vortex theory um, <laughs> during the uh, rain delay in, in Martinsville on Saturday. And so I'm curious if, you know, vortex theory giveth, vortex theory taketh away. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, if they, you know, had a few more cars up there for the SRX, I mean, I think they had one car they were testing, but I mean, I mean, if you want, you know, think vortex theory here, you know, I was watching the news last night and literally it looked like everything was rotating around Syracuse. So, um, I mean, we were clear, but rain, you know, to the, you know, like that, that song, you know, jokers to the left of me, jokers to the right. I mean, it was like rain to the left here, rain to the right, rain to the North, rain to the South Syracuse and nothing. And I'm like, you know, so, Maybe we got the vortex theory going on here. Maybe. Oh, so it was your fault. Well, wait a minute. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I ain't saying. Maybe, plead the fifth, maybe, sir. Plead the fifth. <laughs> maybe I'm running a few race cars around here to to keep the keep it dry. And if you maybe. are, good man. Yep. <laughs> But all I do know is that uh, up there it was snowing and uh, down here at the same time, I had to put on a windbreaker and that was it. So uh, it's a good day in North Carolina. It's a good day up here in Syracuse. I mean, a little rain. Well, we've had rain, but I needed, I planted some grass last week, but, you know, um, you know, going well, looking forward for the weekend. Can't believe we're you know, we're, you know, practically halfway through April here, but hey, now I can start, you know, my second, you know, my second, third hobbies besides 
the podcast on all racing and that's swinging a couple golf clubs and breaking out the fishing rod rock and roll ryan how are you doing oh not too bad and not dissimilar to where you are in Syracuse. It's been a touch on the cool, rainy side here in Buffalo. But again, being in the middle of April, you can't be all that surprised. I knew we'd all be a bit spoiled by the glorious couple of weeks we've had already, but we can take comfort in the fact it's just a taste of things to come. Yes, indeed. Yep. Um, well, speaking of things to come, uh, we had a... Um, uh, uh, hopefully, if what we saw at Martinsville was any indication, uh, the rest of 2021 is going to be uh, a really entertaining year. Um, and uh, let's talk about it. Uh, let's talk first about the uh, the ground pounders leading off uh, the first of three nights, or was supposed to be three nights, of racing at Martinsville. Um, the Wheel and Modified Tour um, kicked off their season Friday night um, with Eric Goodale taking the win. Thursday night. Uh, Thursday night. Thank you. Um, Tyler uh, Ripkema, uh, Justin Bonsignor, Max McLaughlin, and Kyle Bonsignor uh, rounding out the top five. Doug Kobe, Tommy Catalano, Patrick Emerling, Woody Pitcat, and Jamie Tomeno. Uh, that's a name from uh, way back in the day. Uh, he's still kicking, still doing it. Uh, finished uh, finished 10th. Ryan Priest, uh, the uh, modified standout now cup regular finished 12th and um, uh, occasional modified dabbler Ryan Newman uh, retired from the race 48 laps in with engine failure uh, finishing 29th um, so I think um, I'll confess I didn't get a chance to see this race but I did see one of the notable um, events was apparently there was some contact between uh, Kyle Bonsignor and Dave Sapienza, um, and Sapienza was uh, quite animated in his disapproval of uh, whatever move Bonsignor made, um, and I uh, saw so it got him in a little trouble afterwards. But um, uh, but with that said, um, Goodale uh, he led uh, thirty laps um, and had a solid night overall. Uh, Priest actually. Um, uh, dominated most of the race, leading 110 laps, uh, but uh, uh, must add an issue of some kind uh, as he. Go ahead. Uh, sorry, he because uh, I I watched the race last night on um, NBC Sports. Um, they they had the condensed version of it, and um, he he was doing well, and then Bonsignor got up there and got him shuffled to the outside and that that kind of was it for priest um i i that was kind of and he just started falling back i he just couldn't recover but i i think his tires started to give away too during that but yeah priest priest was leading quite a bit um i mean Tommy Catalano was running second up there for a while and you know he just couldn't get get you know get uh you know he couldn't catch him so yeah I think it was once Priest got caught and passed that was it everyone else was just quicker 
Very good. So that was the uh, the modified race uh, Thursday night. Then we went to uh, attempted to have the uh, Xfinity race Friday night. Mother Nature was uh, less than hospitable. Uh, so they went to Sunday uh, to get that race in. Um, and uh, quite the exceptional race and quite the exceptional winner. Uh, we've talked um, about this particular racer a few different times on our podcast um, over the last year. And it was uh, the local North Carolina short track standout, Josh Berry, taking advantage of his time in junior motorsports equipment um, and dominating the last part of the race, um, winning stage two and then taking home the checkered flag at the end of the race for his first career Xfinity win. Noah Gregson finished second. All four junior motorsports cars finished in the top 10 with Justin Allgaier and Michael Annette finishing ninth and 10th respectively. Daniel Hemrick having another solid finish himself, finishing third. Uh, Ty Gibbs fourth, Brandon Jones fifth. Um, Austin Sendrick sixth, Harrison Burton seventh, Justin Haley. Um, and then Elgar Renette rounding out the top 10. Um, AJ Allmendinger um, uh, struggled a bit after starting third, finishing 13th. Um, Myatt Snyder finishing 15th. Um, and uh, Riley Herbst uh, having a rough day in the Monster Energy Ford for Stuart Haas Racing, finishing 29th. Uh, gentlemen, your thoughts on the Xfinity race? Xfinity race, I, it was good. I, I I didn't see it Friday. Um, we were, you know, you know, we usually record our podcasts, and we, we knew they had rain delayed on it. Um, by by the time we got done re- recording, but yeah, it was. I mean, I I DVR'd it Sunday, watched it, and it was really good. You know, Josh Berry doing well there. You know, using his experience you know, having a really, really good car and just really doing it out there. And, um, you know, he wasn't sure if Noah was going to try to pass him or that um, because Noah ended up winning the dash for cash. Um, But I, I think the one thing was he did talk about racing with Ty Gibbs and just, you know, he, he, he enjoys racing with Ty and, you know, I, I, you know, he just had respect for, you know, racing him clean and, you know, they, they raced each other clean throughout that. So, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed it. Very good job. I'm not going to lie. After the delay on Friday night, I was a little worried. It's like, are they going to be able to find a way to wedge this race in to get it finished? And I'm certainly glad they did with the performance we got out of it. Yeah, Josh Berry was just the, probably one of the most solid driving jobs I've seen at Martinsville in quite some time. He earned that victory well, very, very much. And I can imagine, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. seeing two guys running for him, finishing the top two spots. I wager that probably made him pretty happy as well, but definitely a solid, solid performance, well-earned victory. And I look forward to seeing what the rest of the season has for Josh Berry. I do too. Uh, There's um, been a lot of talk about trying to get him um, in a more full-time ride um, for the rest of this year. 
um, and something beyond that. Um, even Marcus Lemonis, who we've talked about on past uh, a recent episode, um, weighed in um, and offered some thoughts. Um, but uh, at the end, I think it was Tire Pros that said uh, they would uh, step in for formal races with him. Uh, yes. The only thing is, is that um, you know, Junior Motorsports is a four-car team, um, as is. So where Josh Berry would fit into uh, their driver lineup, which if memory serves, um, their lineup is pretty well set in stone. Um, Gregson, Annette, and Allgaier are, are all full-time. Um, and Sam Meyer is going to be taking over the driving duties for Josh Berry um, in the second half of the uh uh, or taking over the driving duties for the A car for the second half of the season. So I'm not exactly sure how they're going to make this work. And, uh, David, and, do you know anything? Um, yeah, Dale Jr. Um, had on his podcast and, and he was talking about it. One of the things is, is, you know, Josh Berry still runs the late miles. He's been with that junior motorsports program, the late mile program for 10 years now. And mm -hmm. something Dale Jr. said was, we have a good program. I mean, he's given people advice. He's get, he gave William Byron advice um, before he went to do trucks. He gives, I mean, he, so um, with, with him doing that, I think Dale Jr.'s kind of weighing like, you know, I, you know, you want to give him the shot but you also don't want to sacrifice a, a program. So who knows? I, I think he's eventually gonna get a shot. You know, they may make the trade off and say, okay, you know, we'll, we'll do the schedule, but Hey, you're on standby in case somebody can't fill a role, you know, let's say for example, Greg's in has to miss the race because of COVID. Um, that's something that, you know, you know, he could step in and get some more in, but the one, but the one thing that I, I think, um, is interesting is there was a lot of talk saying that they should give him an exemption for his championship and, and have him in there. I think what people are forgetting is that now that he won, that car is actually qualified for the manufacturer or for the the um, owner's playoff. So, you know, if if they feel like they're in a position come playoff time and they, he can score them some races and get that into the owner's final four and maybe win an owner's championship for junior, go right ahead. So, yeah, we, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with, with that. Indeed. Um, but in the, in the interim, though, um, I think this result goes to speak to something that we've talked about before on, the, on this podcast. Mm -hmm. um, and that is what happens if these junior motorsports cars can bring it home in one piece? They've got they've got speed. They've got fast drivers, but you know it's it's been 
extremely difficult for whatever reason, you know, be it uh, something uh, out of their control or something within their control um, to string a clean race together. It's mm-hmm. been extremely difficult for them. Um, Gregson in particular, um, he's had some really, really tough luck this year. And, uh, you know, some of that of his own making, um, but he had a fast car um, this, uh, uh, this past weekend and, uh, you know, led for, for 12 laps himself um, and uh, won a stage, picked up a stage point. Um, I stand corrected, by the way, Josh Berry did not win stage two. He finished 10th in stage two. Daniel Hamrick yeah. won stage two. So um, correction there. But, um, but yeah, it goes to speak to what can happen when these, when these junior motorsports drivers um, show, um, uh, show a little bit of uh, patience and show, mm-hmm. you know, some, some clarity um, to, you know, and, and some smarts to get these these cars home uh, in one piece though yeah. generally speaking they're going to finish pretty well and i think that definitely serves notice to um, a lot of the gibbs guys uh, who all had good runs uh sunday um and also the colleague folks um you know they had some some uh cars that uh finished pretty well you had justin haley eighth you had jeb burton 11th almondinger 13th um so they're hanging around still also um, so this is, I think, going to take the Xfinity series, which has already been an interesting series to watch and just make it that much more so now. So, uh, let's talk briefly about the, uh, the, uh, cup finish. Um, so the, uh, cup series started Saturday night, got about 40 laps in, uh, and then mother nature said, okay, you've had enough. Let's come back tomorrow. Um, so everybody came back and, uh, ran the rest rest of the race Sunday afternoon. Um, and it was Martin Truex Jr. Uh, taking home the win. Um, Ryan Blaney had a very fast car. He led for 157 laps, won both um, stage one and stage two. Uh, but his fast run was undone by a, uh, a mishap on a late pit stop uh, that sent him to the tail end of the field. He still rallied to finish 11th. Um, but his contention for the race win was done at that point. Um, Truex took a solid car and um, put himself in position. Um, the crew kept making adjustments on it. All the, the teams, I think, were making adjustments to um, get their cars handling better from uh, what was supposed to be you know, a cool overnight track um, to a um, partly cloudy uh, daytime track. Um, and Truex's team did a, a good job of that, um, and they took advantage of a fading Denny Hamlin late, uh, made the pass. Uh, Chase Elliott followed through, tried to uh, uh, make something happen for himself, but uh, at the end of the day, it was all Truex. He is the first uh, repeat winner, uh, first two-time winner of the year, um, and uh, other notable finishers, yet Byron and Kyle Larson finishing fourth and fifth for Hendrick. Um, you had Logano, Bell, Tyler Reddick, um, Harvick, and Kyle Busch rounding out the top 10. Um, to Benedetto with uh, a lot of damage on his car uh, from a couple of different wrecks over the, uh, the course of the day, finished 12th. Eric Almirola with literally no front end on his car uh, somehow found a way to finish 20th. So very impressive for him. 
Uh, it was a very physical race, uh, a couple of big wrecks in it, uh, a lot of attrition by the end of it. Um, but um, at the end of the day, it was Truex taking it home. Gentlemen, your thoughts? I, it was a good race. I, I caught up until the actual point of um, when the red flag came out for the, for the parking lot. Um, so I, I didn't see the end of it, but yeah, I, you know, I, I thought we were going to get another first time winner this season and I was wrong. I mean, good, good job for Truex, you know, it, it tracks that, you know, he's had his misfortunes at, so, I mean, I think it's really good for him. Ryan. Uh, that was a solid display of racing by Martin Truex Jr. And I'm not going to lie, up until, you know, near the end, I thought, oh, looks like Chase Elliott might finally, you know, get a win and try to, you know, actually defend his title. But, nope, Truex proved himself to be the superior driver at Martinsville and a well-earned victory to him. Dave, your thoughts? I, I mean... With, with Truex, I, you know, I, I mentioned that, you know, it was good, you know, he had a, you know, a good day and, you know, I, I thought, you know, I was thinking Hamlin was going to have a chance for it and, you know, I, I look at everything and, and he did well. So with, with, you know, with Truex getting it and like I said, I was wrong again, you know, I, I thought, you know, we'd have a, another first time winner this year. So, but congrats to Truex. Very good. Um, and we also had um, in the wake of the cup series at Bristol, uh, they didn't take the, uh, the dirt off just yet. Uh, they have some more um, dirt shows to run there this month, um, including some races last weekend. So Dave, you have the results from, um, uh, from the, uh, the Bristol world of outlaws event. Most certainly they ran, they, they actually had to do, they did a Friday and then Saturday they got rained out and had to do a Sunday. But according to uh, world of outlaws, the late miles, um, Josh Richardson got the 10 grand on Friday night. Chris Mann was second. Brandon Shepard rounded out your top three. And then on Sunday, due to the, the rain on Saturday, they got rained out. They had another 40-lapper, and it was Devin Morgan taking the, the 25 grand. Ricky Weiss was second, and Ross Bales was, was third. Great racing. I heard a lot of good feedback about this. Um, the open red podcast the the host for that was down there and he said one of the cool things he did was he walked up to the the turn and he said it was amazing to watch a late mile take the corner at, at bristol and, and they were fast so yeah it, it was great racing but yeah that that was your top three out of both nights and the dirt stays on because in a couple weeks, the World of Outlaws and the Super Dirt Car Series Modifieds, the Northeast guys are going to run it. Can't wait. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. That's going to be a lot of fun. 
Um, speaking of fun, we've got a fun rest of the show coming up. Uh, we're going to be talking about um, uh, some more impacts from uh, Josh Berry's win um, and what that may mean for junior motorsports going forward. Um, and then also uh, having a quick discussion about um, as uh, some of these uh, COVID restrictions become generally more relaxed, um, how that plays for um, some of the, uh, the short tracks um, and whether or not that's a, a good thing or even a bad thing for them. Um, but in the meantime, uh, it's time to uh, take the car to the shop and uh, uh, get it ready for next week. So with that, we're going to um, send it to Ryan. He's going to tell you about our social media. This is from Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the che From Checker to Green podcast. Your content is what helps drive our show. So, if you're enjoying it, join the conversation. Check out our Facebook page, the From Checker to Green podcast, and also find us on Twitter. Is there a particular segment you enjoy? Let us know. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover? Tell us. Also, if you're enjoying this episode, feel free to listen to the rest of our show. You can find it on podcast.com as well as Apple Podcasts. Just search for the From Checker to Green podcast. We look forward to hearing from you soon. And now, back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan, and welcome back, race fans. We have a great spotlight segment. As Elliot mentioned before we went to break, we were talking about, we were going to talk about the effect with Josh Berry. We mentioned a little bit in our checkered segment about Josh Berry's win in Marnesville, but we're going to talk about Dale Earnhardt Jr. and the possibility of maybe going to Cup. And also... With COVID going on, we're going to talk about the uh, as states start to relax and, and start to change their um, policies about fans coming back to the racetracks, especially the small racetracks. So, gentlemen, let's kick off the this roundtable discussion here and let's start talking about Junior and spend some time or spend some minutes with us and. It was Kelly Crandall who um, brought this up on racer.com on April 11th about how juniors, uh, how Earnhardt Jr.'s been always quick to put the kibosh on, on going to cup of possibility. But now that um, Junior Motorsports had a very successful win with Josh Berry and they, you know, they've had really successful drivers in the past, i.e. Chase Elliott, um, Tyler Reddick. Um, they, they've got Noah Gregson. Uh, you, you do have to remember um, Brett Keselowski and Martin Truex Jr. came from Jr.'s program in the beginning. And... With the you know you know Truex especially he was one of the first ones with Chance Two Motorsports and, and Junior with him, but guys I I, I want let's talk about about this. Do you I'm going to put the question out there. Do you think he should go to Cup? Um, 
because he did make some, you know, there's some interesting points out there about about it. So, um, Elliot Ryan, do you think he he should jump to cop? You know, Junior Motorsports has had a, a you know, uh, Josh Berry winning is a feel good moment for the Xfinity series for you know short track races everywhere, and is a huge boost to Junior Motorsports. Um, one win does not a season or a career or a jump to the next level make. See David Gilliland, for example, um, and Tony Stewart's infamous diagnosis of uh, his driving talents at Michigan uh, one year. So uh, with that said, uh, there, I think there's still a little bit more time that needs to be taken to see if Junior has some talent that's ready to go to Cup. Um, and in addition, as crowded as the marketplace is going to be going into 22 with this new car, uh, with some of the cost savings in place, and therefore probably a, you know, a lot of competition to get into the field and a lot of competition for, uh, you know, for some of these charters, uh, which you know, may be pretty few and far between, uh, when you know in terms of ones that go up for sale it may not necessarily be a good idea for him to go racing in 22 and cup maybe it's uh it would be a little later on maybe in 23 rain your thoughts well ellie and i think you make an excellent point about you know not being too hasty to jump into the cup series as as you pointed out there's a lot of interested outside parties that want to you know dip their toes into that particular pond but if you think about it with all the attention you know people trying to establish a spot there it kind of gives them an opportunity in the xfinity series to establish a certain level of dominance and if they can you know perhaps you know build up a few more wins or you know high level finishes throughout the rest of the season i think that puts them in a decent position to you know, start to flourish in the Xfinity series. And if they can develop a winning tradition in that respect, then they can put themselves in a position of strength that maybe a few seasons down the line, then when it's optimal, push into the cup series with a strong, high-performing team. I think from a strategic standpoint, and as well as a financial one, I think that would be their best bet and they would all benefit in the short term and in the long run. Good points there. And I, I gotta say, I mean, I, I go back to, I, I don't think I could see Junior going into Cup next year. I, I know with the next gen car, and he's talked about it being cheaper and all that, but it is going to be tough for him to get a charter. Um, he has, you know, one of the things that you've kind of noticed with junior most sports is that kind of like a good, you know, I'll make the comparison kind of like a good minor league, like baseball team or a, a minor league um, hockey team, you know, you're, you know, what you're doing is you're groom, you're essentially, preparing these drivers to compete at the top level and look at and see who we, who he's had move up through the years. 
He's had Truex move up. He's had Chase Elliott. He's had Brad Keselowski. He's had Alex Bowman. Um, I think he did have William Byron. Um, so you, you know, and, and he's got a good technical alliance with Hendrick for the Xfinity side too. So I just, I, you know, I, I go back to what he said in his podcast, you know, about, you know, how Josh Berry's doing well in the late mile program and he just doesn't, you know, he doesn't want to lose the good things. So, you know, maybe 2023, yes, if maybe he could work something out with like a, a team to give up a charter that's, you know, got a few already and they could give up one most certainly. But I, you know, if I, if I was still junior, I think the perspective I would say is I, I, I've got something here in Xfinity. I, I've got a really good late mile program and I'm getting talent through that, which, you know, if they, they can do well in Xfinity, they're going to have a shot at cup and teams notice them. So I would, I mean, I, I would say, you know, if it, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Um, and I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I know his dad tried it and, you know, it it was good until, you know, until he passed away and what happened, you know, after it and, and how it, how it went. Um, I don't know. I, um, and I don't, you know, I, I know Dale and, and Kelly are, are really smart business wise, but, you know, if I had to, you know, if I, if I was personally consulting Dale Jr., I would say you got a good thing going right now. Find, I mean, find a way to get those drivers up there. I mean, it, you know, if you're going to be the number one team they go to, and, and you can work it better. Yeah. You know, but we've talked about the issues with their cars. You know, it, it, it may be possibility that it's time for Noah Gregson to move on from that team. Considering the, um, um, the things that he's done and, and kind of the, um, things that junior has come back and said, and it's like, don't, you know, you don't do that. You don't do this or, or you don't do that. You know, you got, you know, he has to kind of keep telling him, Hey, you need to step back and think. Um, so yeah, I just, at, at, at this point, I just think that maybe later on, but I don't know. If I wouldn't make the jump right now. Very good. Um, well, we shall see what happens with him, but um, he's uh, to your point, Dave, he's definitely got a, a good thing going and we'll see what, what he does with that and uh, what the team does the rest of this year. They've, you know, they've definitely um, got some championship level talent there and 
that needs to be the first focus winning the championship. Um, now, pivoting to the second thing we wanted to talk about this evening um, was uh, 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 as COVID restrictions start to, uh, to ease, uh, some of these uh, short tracks um, start to see their, are starting to see their uh, capacities up, uh, 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 increased a little bit. And so now they're hoping to win some, uh, some fans in seats to watch, uh, to watch racing for the, uh, in person for the first time in a long time. Um, and so we wanted to talk about that a little bit and see, um, you know, if, um, what the, what the pros and cons of, um, of these, um, gradual easing of, uh, restrictions and attendance limits will be. So, uh, with that, uh, Dave, I'll go ahead and, uh, and let you take over and, um, let's, uh, uh, so go ahead and start the uh, the discussion on this. Most certainly, thank you. And and you know, it, it just got announced this week in New York State um, that the um, capacity for horse racing and auto racing tracks is going to be twenty percent, and that's with a proof of a negative COVID test or the vaccination. And so. Um, you know, I, I follow a lot of the tracks up here in New York State, and one of them in particular, Oswego Speedway, came out with their schedule, and one of their posts a while ago on their Facebook page was in discussion with um, with a, you know, was something that goes along like this, and I can tell you that they said in March that they they knew there was a chance that they were going to get back. And one of the th questions when they released the schedule was who, you know, how they were going to have it. And essentially, according to their um, Facebook page, they said, you know, we're, we're waiting on state guidance and then we're going to decide how to do it. So with it coming out, I haven't heard anything from them, but I, you know, I've been to tracks and, you know, some of these tracks don't get the total of fans. You know, it's not, you know, some of these tracks probably get closer to, 60 70 80 percent on a night you know closer to 100 if it's a big event um like like these dirt tracks or a, a really popular track but some of these tracks that have been struggling over the past few years where in their heyday they were filling the stands every night and you know 60 percent was a bad you know may have been a bad night um for them are maybe getting 30 or 40% at best big events, 60%. Um, so my thought is um, some of these tracks, it may be like a normal night, these restrictions. And, you know, if you reduce capacity and a, a lot of local tracks last year, and we discussed this, didn't do seasons 
some did they streamed to make profit um and because they couldn't have fans and some tracks said like bowman gray for instance it just wasn't worth it so it 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 saved you know saved cars money um Oswego and Fulton actually did testing sessions where they put a $500 bonus up um, for, you know, a sponsor put up a bonus for whoever could put the fast lap in a practice, you know, just keep the cars going and kind of give you some shakedown. Um, But yeah, I just, um, I mean, guys, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm going to say my thought on this right now is, um, you know, we, we've heard the saying, don't look a, you know, a gifted horse in the, in the mouth or, you know, you know, don't, you know, you know, you get a gift, take it, you know, essentially, if someone's giving you a gift, take it. And, you know, I, I've heard controversy over things. I, I'm not going to name tracks. I'm not going to say where I've seen it, where I've heard it, what state I've heard it in. I'm not saying, you know, I'm going to kind of keep that out because I don't want to bring politics in this. But I'm going to say it's better to have some fans than no fans at all. At least you're getting revenue. And if it, if the capacity that the state you're in says, hey, it's a normal night, you know, that this is going to end up being a normal night. All right, fine. Okay. But what do we do for big events? So, guys, um, why don't you toss out some of your thoughts on this? And, you know, let's get, let's kick up a discussion. Well, right now it's, uh, it, it's kind of tough to see what the um, what the different restrictions are from state to state. Um, now, obviously, um, you know states like uh, like Michigan, where you know there's um, a little bit of an uptick right now, um, you know, could be uh, problematic for them right now. Um, and whether or not you know restrictions, uh, you know, or the state of restrictions are favorable on them or not. Um, but with that said. Um, you know, opening tracks to, you know, a, a, a limited number of people, still not a, um, you know, it's, it's uh, still a very good thing, regardless. Um, uh, you know, I think tracks can kind of budget uh, how much of their operations that they would normally otherwise run, they would need for a more limited event like this. And still you know hopefully be able to incorporate some of their uh, if they have a, a you know a streaming service or something like that you know they could use that too so uh, that's that's something that uh, kind of jumps out at me on this um, and you know to your point uh, David you talk about using um, some of these easing of restrictions in certain parts of the country um, as an opportunity um, especially thinking of texas right now where it seems like you know any um crowd 
restrictions have kind of been uh, eliminated at this point. If uh, the uh, Texas Rangers game the other day was of uh, any note, so um, you know for the the short tracks in Texas, hopefully that's a good thing for them, and you know hopefully it'll be a good thing for uh, Texas Motor Speedway here in uh, uh, in the coming weeks uh, for some of the big events and also Circuit of the Americas too. Mm-hmm. Ryan, your your thoughts. I got to be honest, I think, you know, based on the points you two have made, this is really going to be kind of a fluid, varied situation. No two states are going to be gauged the same way, obviously. So I don't think we'll be able to gauge the results the same way as well. It's going to be have to be judged on a state to state and even sometimes track to track base. As, as you pointed out, Dave, you know, some of these tracks, you know, the 20% capacity would be, you know, average everyday night. So, you know, no harm, no foul there. Now, others, if they're in near a more populated area and they're accustomed to a larger crowd on a routine night, you know, we should be able to gauge after a couple of races, you know, seeing what the, you know, economic impact would be on that to see. It's like, okay, is it viable? Will we be able to continue to function? And then those tracks will have to decide in and of themselves, all right, will we be able to continue to operate at this level? And one thing that some of these people seem to forget that as we progress, there's a very real possibility that the restrictions are going to relax more and more in gradual steps. Mm-hmm. So a lot, the one piece of advice I like to give some of them, especially the ones who are complaining a little louder than others, is sit down, relax, start from the beginning, see how it plays out. Because there is no one on the face of this earth who can tell you right now, this is how it's going to be when the season ends. Because we don't know. But we can hope you got to hope the mad hope that down the line you're going to see a favorable return on investment to this point that we can see okay we made money how are the numbers the numbers still down i think we have something viable here but i think let it play out that's the only way you're going to know for sure I, I definitely agree with you, Ryan. And and that's the thing is you got to let it play out. I mean, if you get an uptick, then, yeah, you may have to say, you know, it, it, these short tracks say, okay, you know, it, it's getting a little bit better now. This is what our guidelines are. We can have, okay, we're, we're going to have this. Maybe, you know, hey, you know, you, you can create tickets online, you know, easily. You know, you, you could create something to say, oh, all right, you know, this is where you can buy tickets or reserve. We're going to limit it to this amount of people, you know, apologize. Hey, if it gets better, maybe we can have more. If it gets worse, you know, worst thing you say is, guess what? We, we're going to have to postpone a race, you know, or, you know, we'll, we'll try to reschedule it and, Maybe you get part of a season in. And to call back to a point you made, Elliot, especially if any of these tracks find themselves in a situation where they might have to 
reduce numbers, now would be the perfect opportunity to start experimenting with live streaming. The thing with that is it's very simple to set up. It doesn't take a great deal of upfront investment. And if you can't have that max number of fans in your racetrack, you can tell, hey, go online and for, say, either a nominal fee or perhaps even a season subscription, you know, you can watch all the races from the comfort of your own home from multiple camera angles. You know, it may not be the same investment as if they were there paying admission, perhaps a little bit of food, a souvenir here or there, but it's still bringing revenue in. And I think it's something that more, more often than not, these tracks should consider trying. Couldn't hurt, I think. Most, most certainly, and, and you know the the you know you had some about streaming and, and online ticketing. That that's something that maybe they can do is online ticket stream, you know, paper you know pay per view streaming. I mean, Oswego just signed with Flow Racing to stream their races. So I mean, I you know. I, I just don't know at, at this point how it's going to shake out, but, you know, one of the things that does get to me is seeing quick judgment of things, but, again, there's ways to do it. You just got to step back, breathe, figure it out, and you're going to get it. So, um, with that said, um, you know, we, we've had a lot of good points to this. Um, segment about Earnhardt, uh, about Earnhardt Jr. and short tracks. I'm sure we'll have more discussion about these down the road as especially the short tracks, but we got to get the car ready, load it up in the trailer and get set for the green segment. Ryan has something from our sponsor. This is From Checker to Green. We'll be right back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Are you looking to get your business a leg up on your competitors? Consider Samurai Graphics. Samurai Graphics has all the design know-how to give you an edge over your competitors and stand out to your customers. From logo design, business card, letterheads, anything you need to make yourself unique amongst your peers. For more information, contact Samurai Graphics at samuraigraphics716 at gmail.com. Samurai Graphics, your business design solution. And now we're back to the From Checker to Green podcast. Thank you, Ryan. It's time for us to go green and look at the coming race events this coming weekend. Um, we've got a lot of events coming up um, and uh, some, uh, uh, some really big events. Um, including one across the pond, the uh, Imola Grand Prix uh, for, the, for, for uh, Formula One. Um, looking at uh, the Formula One website, uh, they've had some free practices today. Um, and it looks like um, while Mercedes has um, uh, some of the fastest speeds thus far, um, Red Bull is right there and uh, Ferrari uh, looks like they're uh, coming on as well. Um, uh, it's been a, a rough, rough start for the, uh, for the Haas team. Um, uh, so um, 
Mick Schumacher, uh, Michael Schumacher's son, um, is uh, uh, among the slowest in the free practice um, sessions thus far. Um, but uh, uh, Nikita Mazepin, I think his name is, um, has been uh, just really, really rough. Uh, I think he had a, a wreck in free practice one, uh, the uh, pit entry, um, uh, the, the wall right there. So um, not so good for him. Um, Red Bull had a bit of a, a tough, um, tough practice in FP2, um, but uh, they still got speed too. And um, as we saw with uh, Carlos Sainz, I think it was last week, don't count out Red Bull, uh, especially um, if uh, for whatever reason they have problems qualifying, end up in the back, catch a couple of cautions just the right way. They've got a fast car. They'll figure out a way to, to get it done. Yeah, it, it's definitely going to be a good race. And I was, I, I heard this morning um, on, on WGR um, 550, they were talking with one of the ESPN F1 reporters and um, look for Red Bull to have a little more power this weekend. They're good. I mean, they're they're definitely going to be the one. And if um, if the opener was was anything, was the show of anything, then um, you, I mean, I think Red Bull's going to be out is going to be out for some, you know, some blood this this race, and they're going to want a win. Indeed, speaking uh-huh. of teams that want to win. Uh, consistently, uh, both Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc finished pretty near the top. And, and I think that's going to show that uh, Ferrari wants to regain some of that form of glory. Indeed, this is going to be a big test for them. Uh, Imola, Italy, um, you know, their home country. So they've got a, um, a tall task ahead of them this weekend. But uh, thus far, it looks like the, uh, the speed is there. Um, so... Closer to home, uh, we've got the four wide nationals for uh, the NHRA this weekend from Vegas. Um, so that's, um, I think this is the, uh, uh, the second event for them this year after the Gator Nationals. Um, four wide, always um, uh, special to watch. Um, you never know what's going to happen. So uh, definitely be very fun to, to see what all happens there. Um, but uh, maybe some cloud cover this weekend too. So uh, be interesting to see, even though the, uh, it's a, a lower downforce uh, track because it's a little bit higher up in elevation. Um, you know, you get some cloud cover. You know, cools things down a little bit. Um, be interesting. Very, you know, be very interesting to see what uh, what comes of it. Yeah, I, I, you know, I'm excited for the four wide nationals. I, I love this concept. I love the brackets, how they do it. You know, four dragsters going at once, and you know, a couple of events, and then eventually you get it down. And you know, the the strategy is, you know, what happens if one guy, you know, if if three guys red light on on the run, and one doesn't, you know, how they take, you know, how they advance on who. Um, you know, had the, the 
the closer time to not red lighting it. So, um, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it this weekend. Very good. Go ahead, Ryan. Then I'm absolutely with both of you on that. Uh, the Vegas four wide has consistently been my favorite NHRA event for years and it has never disappointed. So I'm looking forward to the event this year and being that it's early on in the season could really be anyone's races at this point. So I'm curious to see who, you know, pushes it hardest to get that win. Indeed we shall see. Um, speaking of, um, uh, of pressing as hard as possible, uh, the IndyCar series uh, kicks off their season with the Honda uh, Indy Grand Prix of Alabama this weekend at Barber Motorsports Park. Um, this is a, um, a very technical road course, but at the same time um, uh, has some corners where if you can really, really just go for glory, risky as it may be, um, you can make some big things happen. So um, this this will be a fun race to watch too. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this is going to be Jimmy Johnson's debut um, yes, in the IndyCar yes, series as yes. well. So uh, it'll be very fun to watch. It, it is. It, it's going to be very interesting with Johnson, with, with Ganassi, and um, it just, you know, with him running and and it's it's gonna be fun. I, I can't wait to see this. You know, all he you know, all we've seen him done was, was similar or, or was a yeah, simu simulator. Yeah, I cannot speak tonight. Yeah. Um yeah, so him ring a, a, a simulator, but now he's gonna do the real thing. Um you know, you've got Rossi out there who, who's always a good contender, Scott Dixon, uh, New Garden, Team Penske, Scott McLaughlin's actually doing his first time. Uh, he, he's a rookie. Um, I, I will say one of the cool things coming out of this, guys, is AJ Foyt is bringing back the black and white 14 paint scheme like the 90s for uh, Seabass, Sebastian Bourdais car. But um, I think it's going to be a good race and does um, does Dixie, you know, do what, you know, he does and you know, goes for number seven. Gotta remember, He's, um, you know, if he keeps running, he could take down some records this year. Very cool. Very cool. And that's a, a good story on AJ Foy, too. Um, and then finally, we've got uh, NASCAR at Richmond uh, this weekend. Richmond, always a, a very technical track, um, a very technical short track. But uh, at the same time, uh, you know, uh, always produces really fun racing there. Um, uh, in terms of, uh, favorites this weekend, uh, be tough to, tough to say, um, you know, I think, um, uh, I can definitely see somebody like an Allgaier or maybe an Almendinger, um, doing well on the Xfinity side, um, on the cup side, you know, this, 
seems like a track like that uh, would benefit Harvick very well. We know Hamlin's very strong here also, um, this being his home track. Um, but um, I'll be curious to see if this is the, the weekend that um, uh, Harvick uh, finally puts a win on the board himself or even Kyle Busch. I know I I'm excited for for Richmond I I love it it's one of my favorite tracks I I I do love these bullring tracks these short tracks so Richmond's gonna be very good um exciting truck race tomorrow cup Sunday back to those afternoon races and I will say um yeah, I, I could see like a, I, I agree, Elliot, with you. I could see a Harvick wingness. Um, you know, uh, the, the the question is, how many tempers are going to boil over in Richmond? It seems like these short tracks, we got a bunch of tempers boiling over. So, so we'll we'll, we'll see who's next. <laughs> I'm going to go with three three tempers. Just because I'm just throwing it out there to see what sticks. I could I could see three. Oh, over under three. Yeah, I mean, if you put the over under on that, yeah. But I mean, guys, I gotta ask: Are we gonna get another parking lot again, like we had at at Martinsville? You never know. I mean, we had one at Bristol. We had one at Martinsville. I mean, like you gotta know in the bull rings, it's always a real possibility. Yeah, I, I know. So, yeah, good good racing this weekend, and it's gonna be fun. Very much so. Yep. Well, to a fun fun weekend of racing ahead. Um, and for now, uh, I think we're gonna go ahead and move into uh, final thoughts um, before we uh, before we go racing this weekend. Um, so, uh, some thoughts I have on this, um, uh, you know, obviously, um, uh, you know, COVID continues to remain a, a big part of, um, uh, the story for, you know, uh, all aspects of life really, but especially in motorsports. Um, and I thought it was, um, really cool and really admirable of, uh, Bubba Wallace, um, who has never been afraid of um, uh, taking a stand for any number of different issues um, to um, uh, for him and his team uh, to all get vaccinated. Um, you know, they, uh, um, and I think their immediate families too. I think they brought in a, um, a number of people associated with the uh, 2311 team uh, to, um, uh, to get their shots. Um, and I know there's um uh, you know, the number of, of uh, vaccines administered thus far nationally, um, uh, you know, is, is a good number, but they're hoping to get some more. Uh, you know, they're hoping to um, uh, that, you know, more people will roll up their sleeves and, and, uh, and get their shots as well. Um, and uh, so for, uh, for Bubba to do that um, and uh, take a stand in a very public way like that. Um, and also uh, there's been some matters of uh, vaccine hesitancy, especially in um, uh, the African-American community. I've seen uh, on the news that uh, there's a lot of uh, outreach um, uh, to uh, try and assuage that and, uh, and uh, uh, 
get the the African American community to um, to come out and uh, to get uh, vaccinated for this as well. So I thought that was um, a commendable action um, and uh, um, commendable civic action by uh, Bubba Wallace and the twenty three eleven team to make that happen. Good on them. I, I you know I want to touch on that and I I. You know, I'm glad Bubba Wallace is doing that. But uh, one one thing with COVID is um, you've seen um, a lot of push for you know you know you're starting to see on some race cars saying you know some cars are putting decals on there for you know wear a mask, save life, all that. But um, I, I, you know, one thing I, I like what the racing community is doing is a lot of them are starting, you know, they're, they're paying tribute to the frontline workers. Um, you know, you know, you know, you have to go back to, you know, you think about when 9-11 happened and, you know, how NASCAR, you know, how the racing community paid tribute to, you know, people in our military, you know, or, or you think actually you even go back and you see how like NASCAR pays to tribute to our fallen heroes and, and the military. And last year they actually put nurses and doctors names on, on the race cars and, you know, that, that's something they're keeping up, and I, I'm glad that they do it. I'm glad, you know, these racing communities still thank the frontline workers um, because they are putting their, their lives out there every day. Um, you know, my, you know, I, I have family members who are frontline workers, and you know, glad here that they're getting vaccinated and, you know, and we, we talked about seeing good things coming out with, with these short tracks. So my thought is to say, guess what? Let's um, continue the, the positive thinking and we can all do this together because we're all one. And that's how we need to roll. Sure. Ryan, your final thoughts? Well, Dave, I think you put it as eloquently as anyone can. You know, that's the one thing we seem to forget in these trying times is that we're all in this together. And the sooner that we remember that and start acting like that, the better off we're all going to be, whether it's in motorsports or in out on the front line where the doctors are working, anywhere else. It's like as we have the good sense and decency to start having each other's backs again, we could turn this around with the drop of a hat. So it's good on Bubba Wallace for leading the charge on that one. And hopefully, you know, others pick up that and run with it. And, you know, we keep moving forward towards a positive result. Well said. Yep. Here's hoping. Well, I think it's time to see some racing, y'all. What do you think? Oh yeah, I, I, I am. I, I will tell you. I will have my serious XM going. I'm gonna have probably any form of social media I can, including TV, iPad, if I have to watch it on that. 
this weekend because hey, racing's back. Here, yep. here. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, this has been uh, an excellent episode this evening. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, this is Elliot Tardif for uh, from Checker to Green saying thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. This is David Moy from Checker to Green. Thank you for listening. Continue to support this. Get the word out about our podcast. You know, we're seeing our we're, we're starting to see our listeners go up. Hey, we're racing fans just like you, and we enjoy you joining us for the conversation. And hey, drop us a line and let us know if you want want us to discuss something. This is Ryan Kolpak with From Checker to Green. We appreciate every one of you that listens to us. It means the world to us. Thank you, and we'll catch you on the next round. Thanks for listening to the Checkered to Green podcast. For more information, check out our Facebook group, Checkered to Green Podcast. Tune in next time for more insight into the racing business with the Checkered to Green podcast. (laughs) Thank you.